Welcome to the Nourishment Mindset Podcast, your guide to good food, good health, and a good life. And now, here's your host, Nutrition Network Advisor and author of the Nourishment Mindset, Dixie Huey. Happy Transformation Tuesday, y'all. It is great to be back for the fourth episode of the Nourishment Mindset Podcast. Welcome back if you're rejoining. Welcome for a first time if you're new to me. I am on a metabolic mission to help you elevate your health with real whole foods and straight talk. Last week, we dove into kid food. This episode was requested by a couple of listeners who were interested about healthy foods to serve children and just the whole topic of kid food in general. We discussed picky eaters, the 20% rate of childhood obesity, which sadly the CDC reported before COVID, so we certainly know it hasn't gotten any better. But we ended up on an encouraging note, asking you to bring the youngins in your life into the kitchen and create culinary adventure for them. Food should be fun, food should be pleasurable, and food should most certainly be nourishing. A couple of episodes ago, I unveiled the number one, numero uno thing you can do to elevate your metabolic health. And this is get your fats right, where we prioritize nourishing natural fats and we ditch what Kate Shanahan calls the hateful eight, our faux factory fats. Today, I'm happy to share with you the second most important thing you can do to elevate your metabolic health, and that is to kick sugar to the curb. So why am I hating on sugar? Well, from a metabolic health point of view, it increases your blood glucose level, duh, that's your blood sugar. It increases your blood pressure, your triglycerides, and promotes insulin resistance. Now, what is insulin resistance? So in a former episode, I mentioned that 52% of Americans have either type 2 diabetes or pre-diabetes. This is measured by elevations in um, a measure of blood sugar. Well, insulin resistance starts before that. So I do not have data on how many of us are insulin resistant, but I'm gonna guess up to 75%. If you'd like a deep dive into sugar, I recommend any book by Gary Tobbs, especially his book, The Case Against Sugar. So is it easy to eliminate sugar? Well, that of course depends on how much you're eating. But I can tell you that it is ubiquitous, sort of like those faux factory fats. So thank goodness we have food labels to help us. So obvious sources of sugar would be in like pastry items, ice cream, any kind of dessert, starches in general, and to me, the worst of the worst soda 
This is just like mainlining high fructose corn syrup into your liver, your liver rather. Those are the obvious places, but sugar is often hiding. It's in things like the low-fat products. Think of flavored yogurt. The flavor is sugar. They might have little strawberries on the front of the yogurt, but it's almost never real fruit. And even if it is real fruit, it usually has sugar in there. The other place sugar likes to hide is in sauces. But it's even in things that don't taste sweet at all, like some just regular breads. So the key thing for you in ditching the sugar is going to be to look at two labels. So the first label is that nutrition facts label that will tell you how many carbohydrates and how many grams of added sugar are in a serving of whatever food product you're looking at. The second label is the ingredients. Now we're going to get back to this second label with the ingredients because big food uh, likes to hide sugar with a billion different names. So we'll get back to that. But in the meantime, let's look at, let's say, whole milk. So you'll see a carbohydrate content in a serving of whole milk, but you won't see added sugar. If that same whole milk is like a chocolate milk or a strawberry milk, this will have both the milk sugar from the carbohydrate content, it's also going to have added sugar in those syrups. And so that might relate more to something a, a kid might ask for at the grocery store. But where we begin our day with sugar is in the coffee shops that are bustling every morning, filled with sugar addicts. All those pumps of flavor, whether it's real or faux, this stuff is sugar for the most part, and sometimes those seed oils, one-two punch before 8 a.m., ugh. And most likely, it's high fructose corn syrup, which is even worse. So know that when you know, I'm not gonna take coffee away from you, I'm not that evil, but what I will suggest about your coffee habit, in addition to ditching the sugars and the flavors, substituting for like a heavy whipped cream, a half and half. I even put a little bit of sea salt in my coffee when I drink it to tamp down on the bitterness. That's what sugar's doing, right? It's making it taste sweeter. Well, you can get that without added sugar and no, it's not gonna be as sweet. But the one thing about coffee, first thing, this is not really what you wanna be doing to yourself. You know, your eyes are barely open and the, that smell of the coffee pot, I get it, it's wonderful. But here's what's going on in your body when you wake up in the morning. You've got a normal increase in the cortisol hormone to help get you up and moving. And if you mainline caffeine, and worse, caffeine plus sugar, this is interfering with that natural process. So instead of sort of rise and sip coffee, give yourself an hour to start the day with water, It'd be awesome to have hot water with lemon, and just sort of allow yourself to wake up before you start ingesting the substances. So I, back in the day, in my 20s, I was a competitive triathlete when I lived in San Francisco. I thought I was a very healthy eater. I certainly looked healthy. 
but I unknowingly had a sugar habit. And this is from all the sports drinks. They shall remain nameless, but you know who they are. We were told by our coaches that for every half hour we were out on the course, and for me it was usually about two and a half hours, or even during training, bike rides and whatnot, multiple hours, that we needed to take in a portion of sugar every 30 minutes. So I was having more sugar in a weekend of training or in a race than I probably do in a week or two now. I just had no idea. I thought it was healthy. I needed this fuel for my race. But when you're doing that, when you're ingesting, you're basically getting on a roller coaster. This is not good for your body or your brain because every time you ingest it, you get that awesome kick high and then the price of that kick or high is a crash down to a low. And big food knows this. There's a part of the grocery store on my island here that just drives me bonkers. There's a huge sign. The store's gonna remain nameless. It says fuel, as if it's like a gas station inside the grocery store. All this fuel is, is super expensive, ultra-processed junk dressed up to look healthy. This is where you can find all sorts of products that are supposed to have some sort of fueling effect on you. And I'm here to tell you, you don't need fuel. You are not a vehicle. You need nourishment. We also don't need to be nourishing ourselves around the clock. The sugar roller coaster means that you get hungrier a lot faster. Most adults are fine with two to three nourishing meals a day. We don't need to be doing all this snacking, eating every couple of hours. I had a nutritionist tell me that in high school. I need to eat every couple of hours to prevent my crash. I wish she had just said, eat two to three highly nourishing meals with wonderful natural fat and you're gonna be just fine, honey. But no, I had to eat every two hours. So for you, again, we don't need to put ourselves on this metabolic roller coaster. We do not need to eat every two hours and we certainly don't need sugar. So what does this actually look like in practice? All right, let's look at scenario one and scenario two. So scenario one is butter in the pan, fry up a few eggs. You're gonna be good for at least four hours. Maybe you put some extra olive oil on those eggs to have even more awesome nourishing fat. You're good to go. Scenario two, low fat or even worse, skim milk with some sort of cereal. Thank goodness I didn't eat any fat. Uh, you are guaranteed to be hangry in two hours. And then what are you doing? You're often reaching for more sugar, coffee with flavor, bagels, fruits. All of this is sugar, and it sends you on that sugar roller coaster. Repeat, repeat, repeat. So scenario one, eggs and butter, remember these are single ingredient foods, you are nourished, you are sated, and you are focused free to do other things than fret about food. In scenario two, you might just be nutrient deficient. You're certainly not sated, not for any amount of time. 
And if you're anything like I was, you're constantly thinking about your next food, and you might even be moody. And why is this? In scenario one, you're a fat burner. This is smooth sailing, people. In scenario two, you're a sugar burner, rather. It's choppy waters. So the whole idea here with ditching sugar is to smooth out the ride. This is the, after getting your fats right, this is the thing I check with clients. You know, how are they doing on their fats? Because this is gonna keep you sated. But what are we doing with the sugar? Where are the hidden sources? Because this creates that roller coaster process. Back in the day, if I had to have blood drawn at 9 a.m., I would be freaking out about it the night before. Oh, I can't have anything in the morning. I'm gonna be so hungry. Now, I don't care if it's 9-1-4, I am fine. And the difference there is getting those fats right and not being a sugar burner. So I've already done a little picking on big food when I was talking about the fuel aisle. But I'm not done. So earlier I said we'd be coming back to ingredients. Big food does a phenomenal job of intentionally hiding sugar from you. There aren't 20 names for sugar. There aren't 50. For a long time we were taught that it was about 60, but I've seen up to 200 names for sugar. So I'm obviously not gonna be listing them all. But these can range from cane juice and my favorite, nectar. That just sounds wonderful, right? Nectar of the gods. Things that are health washing, basically to make you think that you're getting some sort of nectar of the gods. So they can range from that to something like maltol, dietase. In an earlier podcast, I mentioned if you don't know what an ingredient is, it is best to move along, or if you can't pronounce it. It's very easy to read and pronounce eggs, butter, broccoli, beef. So let's not fall prey to this health washing, especially when it comes to organic sugar. It's still flipping sugar. So we want to become fat burners, and the way we're going to do that is by ditching the sugar and switching to a fat-burning machine. Your metabolic health will improve dramatically. You will decrease that insulin resistance that it's my venture to say that vast majority of American adults have. You will decrease your blood pressure, your blood glucose, your triglycerides, and maybe even your waist circumference. Plus, without the sugar and those inflammatory seed oils, you can reduce whole body inflammation. You are likely to sleep better and perhaps just find yourself in a better mood. So am I saying, sorry, for the rest of your life, it's your birthday and you get no candle and no cake? No, of course not. What I am saying is that sugar should not be a daily dalliance. It should be a small, special occasion treat. And the other thing I see my clients doing, if they want to celebrate or they want to have an occasional treat, they'll quote, save up, end quote. 
And we, we do not want to do this because eating sugar on an empty stomach just sends that sugar roller coaster into motion that much more. So you actually want to nourish yourself with a good meal and then have a few bites of that occasional treat, certainly not on an empty stomach. So earlier I mentioned Gary Taub's The Case Against Sugar. If you're into film, there is an awesome documentary uh, called That Sugar Film. And my favorite part is where instead of using the sauce on this dish that he orders, he just dumps a bunch of sugar over it to show you just how much sugar is in that sauce and then sits there and proceeds to eat it. So my goodness. Well, thank you for listening today. Please share this with folks that you think um, could be helped or want to get on this metabolic mission with me. Review. Send me a request for a future show topic. I'm on Instagram at Nourishment Mindset. My private practice website is called Favor Fat. Find me there at favorfat.com. Or I'm on LinkedIn at Dixie L. Huey. Wishing you a wonderful week and look forward to next Tuesday's episode. Bye, y'all.